0: Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Mr. Zach Schaefer. What's happening? Happy to be here. Now, before we get into what you do professionally, I want to emphasize why I said your name like that. When I was in school, my teachers would read off my name and it would say Robert Robertson. So they would say it like it was a disease. <laughs> I was I was so used to them saying it like that. They're like, what do you like to go by? I'm like, Robbie. And they're like, oh, like the guitar players. So. We were talking before um, we hit record, but for people listening, I decided to look up who Robbie Robertson is. And this guitar player, what I mean by he is an asshole, is he messed up over all of his bandmates. No. Um, Basically took lead on everything. Obviously, the band's named Robbie Robertson, but the whole factor is he just didn't give anybody any credit, anybody any money. And now he's creating new songs, and he's the reason I can't have a Twitter. So, oh, wow, <laughs> he is a person I do not uh, want on this podcast ever. Him and Jerry Seinfeld, I can't stand. You, no,
1: <laughs> well, don't tell Corey that because he loves his Seinfeld. Uh. <laughs> he,
0: he gives me crap about it for his podcast. I'm like, sorry, I'll listen to your other one, but I'm not listening to that
1: one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all good. That, hey, okay, well, first of all, first of all, on the Robbie Robertson tip, uh, I was a huge fan of like some of the music that he did for some of the movies that he scored. Like he was a part of uh, I think it was called powwow highway. That might've been one of the movies he did. Uh, he, and he did like the soundtrack for a documentary. That was pretty cool. Great guitarist. I didn't know he was an asshole. Totally makes sense that he was
0: check his twitter bro he posts like 50 times a day i'm like are you still relevant like it's wow like, are sure are you still trying to go with it like you watch them all now they're all depressed and like we're going to drink wine tonight and then at 8 p.m they're in bed i'm like this is sad before i watched her suck a pickle dry and you're telling me now that they're just like in bed by 6 p.m <laughs> that's it's <laughs> hilarious so yeah, he
1: yeah i didn't realize he well, him and Neil Sean from Journey, apparently, so.
0: So, exactly. So, enough about me, I guess. What about you, Zach? Tell me a little bit about yourself <laughs> and if you want what you do professionally. I'm guessing everyone can kind of pick up that uh, you're friends with past guest Corey Stevenson, great guy. Um, you know, he's been a good friend of mine now uh, since I've gotten to be able to podcast with him. And you guys also do the podcast together where you guys do movie reviews, podcasting after dark.
1: That's right. Yeah. Well. Um, I I did go by Zachary Schaefer and then I was being in school too. I hated having the teacher call out my name like that. So I just went by Zach and and the rest is history. Um, yeah, I, Corey, I, I was a professional teacher for 15 years. I taught kindergarten and then, um, I quote unquote retired from that and got into voice acting and been doing that for the better part of four, four years now, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, Corey and I do podcasting after dark, uh, which is breaking down our favorite cult classics from yesteryear and today. Uh, and then I run another podcast called $2 Late Fee, which is a retro 80s podcast focusing on 80s, early 90s stuff. And we have really cool guests on there from, from the 80s and 90s, um, actors, musicians, directors, etc. cetera. And yeah, basically, that's my life now in a nutshell. Um, if and you're I absolutely seeing my face it.
0: right now, you're probably wondering why I'm making that smirk. And that's because you said voice acting. And it's the one of the, my all time favorite things to talk about, because I need to oh, know cool. what voices are you doing impressions? Or are we doing just audio when it comes to like trying to sound like an animal or trying to sound close to a professional
1: voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, then I guess I'm, I'm perfect for your podcast. Because, uh, yeah, no, I, I, okay, so years ago, I used to, you know, when I taught and I read stories to my kids, they're like, oh, you should be a voice actor. You do so many great different voices. Um, and then you, and I said, well, how do you get involved in that? And, and I met a, uh, one of my parents in the class. Was a very successful voice actor, uh, and she recommended taking classes, meeting people, yada yada yada. Uh, and I and I thought, well, I'm great at doing impressions, right? And people said, well, no, you should do more of the classic commercials, uh, the commercial reads, because you sound kind of like the typical everyman when you when you read a script, you know. So uh, or copy. I love doing impressions, though. Uh, more more specifically, my own. Um, you know, Hank Azaria, who most people know as yeah, from The Simpsons. And he there's a great documentary called I Know That Voice, I think it's called. And uh he's interviewed on it and he says, you know, I got into voice acting by doing bad impressions of actors I love. You know, he did a bad Sylvester Stallone, and that that was one of the police officers on The Simpsons. Uh Chief Wiggum is like another famous actor that he did a bad impression of. And so I found, I'm like, okay, I do a, you know, decent versions of like spot on characters, but you got to make it your own. You know, you make your own characters out of everyday life. And so unfortunately or fortunately, um, I do a lot of impressions of like, you know, my family members. That's the best source material for (laughs) comedy sometimes. And so my wife's always like, Oh, do that impression of my mom. And I'm like, not in front of your mom. Because <laughs> yeah. I would never do that. But yeah, yeah no, that that's it, voice that's the kind of voice acting I do.
0: So all right, give me an impression of one of your family members, man. I gotta hear. Well, um even I mean, so, though I don't know your family members, I'm still going to get like if a child has a certain tone to their voice, or you know, if it's someone if particular in your family, I think I could pick it up.
1: Well, I'm from Michigan originally. Uh and you know, that, that Michigan accent is very specific, that Midwestern. um, So like when I would do an impression of my mom back in the day, it's always falsetto. It's like, Oh, don't you know, I love to eat uh, chocolate cake and wash my car. And uh, Oh, I've got to go get cash from the, the, the bank today. Oh, la di da. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like the sweet and innocent one—the kind of the stereotype that uh we think of. Like if you see like a midwestern mom on like TV or something, and go. I got to my, but I always make them sound Canadian when I start talking. Like I got the, I got the blue jeans button up above the waistline there. Eh? Like I have that like tone to it and stuff. And I mean, it's funny because like um from working like doing jet skis back in the summer, I would come across a bunch of foreign students, and a lot of the times you pick it up like pretty naturally, just like accidentally start doing it like i i got caught by a couple irish people one time uh my buddy kevin shout out to him he uh he had the funniest story ever um he comes on the radio after being in a jet ski accident and he goes i think i broke my fucking foot and i have never <laughs> laughed so hard in my entire life but we would be talking and as i was talking to him i would start adopting his accent and he would stop yeah. me and he'd be like what are you doing there lassie i'm like what he goes you're speaking my like like me and I'm like oh I don't mean to and I start realizing your brain starts picking up on things around it to kind of make it more comfortable and pick up your surroundings which is why if like you're in a room filled with Irish people you're naturally going to start doing that and it sucks because whenever you walk into a Chinese restaurant you start speaking like that and you have to not do that because that is not racially sensitive I would say
1: yeah, I would uh, I would tend to agree with you on that one.
0: <laughs> but, but you're right. You're right
1: about, like, when you pick up on, if you are around certain, if you're around a certain type of people with a certain dialect or a cadence, the way they speak, you automatically adopt it. For some weird reason, when I came out to California, I started wanting to do, like, bad uh western impersonations you know as a kid and so i would come to school talking like this all the time and and people were like where are you from dude (laughs) you know being in third grade and new to california i'm like oh i'm sorry sorry i i i mean it's just an impression They're like why are you doing that
0: imagine if you kept that up all the way until you graduated and then you were just like at the ending speech like hey guys i'm not from texas and then everyone's just (laughs) like what like he had that southern draw we all love so much i try and play that game when i go out into public i'll try and like put on an accent when i'm going up to the cashier or something or I'll probably yeah. do like a weird impression or impersonation or something. I love doing just voice acting impressions just because it's, it's fun. I mean, you look ridiculous if you're doing it on camera, but honestly, like a uh, shout out to Mark who um he does the voice of Wolverine, like you're saying. He does something that sounds like the character Wolverine. Like I I didn't really know this side of voice acting, people getting close to what that pitch is. I thought you had to hit it dead on. So I worked so hard to try and get like a Christopher Walken impression down uh i hate jerry seinfeld even though my buddy's like you can do a great jerry seinfeld i'm like i refuse it but it's about snapping into that character now do you have any actors or anybody that you've tried that you're trying to narrow down because i feel like it's like a muscle we all try and practice it a little bit
1: well yeah i there's a great voice actor uh named richard horowitz and he was a he was he was an actor on screen actor in the eighties did a ton of eighties comedies and he started to get typecast and then he found voice acting where he really found his true passion and he talks about how you know you become the character when you're a kid and you're playing with your toys and you're doing this character you're like no oh, you know i'm uh, you're not my father and the people go well that that doesn't sound like Luke Skywalker. Well, as a kid, you don't care whether you sound like Luke Skywalker or Thank Darth Vader.
0: God, you said Star Wars, immediately you said you're not my father. I'm like, dude, he's got some emotional issues. Like, <laughs> I started thinking like this kid's seen some shit.
1: <laughs> well, that's a that's a whole other podcast. Uh, <laughs> but no, that that but the idea is that you become the character. So, you know, instead of thinking about like really nailing the specific uh it's not just about the voice it's about the mannerisms it's about everything and even though you're not on screen you're still acting you're you're still playing right you're still playing that part so you know for the longest time i was a huge fan of um the movie sling blade and i would do like this spot on you know Mm well i reckon i'm gonna have to get me some daters and you know and i was like what is it it's not just the voice it's the it's the motion it's the movement of your jaw it's yeah. the placement of everything you know
0: you gotta and bring so, the jaw forward and go like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah I knew that. Cause I, I saw that movie. Uh, it's one of my mom's favorites. Uh, it's like, she always calls it her boyfriend, Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, she's met him a few times and they've hung out and partied together, which is kind of creepy when you see pictures of sling blade and your mom, uh, hanging out on a couch. It's like, hang on a second. That's not that's too much information for the audience.
1: Yeah. Again, another podcast. Right?
0: Another podcast. Exactly. But yeah, it's that cadence of the jaw too. Like, um, I'm not like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm super good at any of them. I can definitely do Christopher Walken pretty well when it comes to like, you know, I can, I've heard him. I've listened to him a few times, but like, oh my, it's tragic news. You know, like you gotta, you gotta bring those mannerisms in. It's like, you gotta make sure your eyes wander a little bit. And I always like that side of things like voice acting, doing this little cartoon animated series, because if you watch a series and you look up who is actually involved in it, yeah, get to realize like, Oh my God, like this one woman does this many voices such as like the voice, um, Alicia Cartwright, I think her name is the one that Uh, does, or, uh, the voices for Bart Simpson and so many others that are basically the voices of my childhood.
1: Yeah. Nancy, Nancy Cartwright. Yeah. And then if you look up like EG daily, Elizabeth daily, uh, who a lot of people who are fans in the eighties would know her from Pee Wee's big adventure, she was the voice on rugrats powerpuff girls uh, yada 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 like a million things and yeah and playing like young kids in the business is the business aspect is challenging um you know i always equate it to being in a going from being in a long term relationship to dating every single day and paying for person you're on the date with every single day and never hearing back from that person after you thought we had a great date because acting is auditioning all the time um it's a it's a it's it's very thankless in the sense that you you don't get a lot in return you know because there's so many people doing it now uh and there's and there's but there's such a small amount who are actually getting cast and put on shows spe- specifically because that's what i my passion was is was to be like on a cartoon and i'm sure maybe similar to you so where i found my um sanity is in letting all that go just having fun uh, appreciating the opportunity to be able to audition for projects that are really fun um i've had a amazing opportunities to play characters like uh, for the up the new she-ra series or auditioning for this jurassic park cartoon that's coming out on netflix um and so they're gonna go typically and this is not in any way to like squash dreams or anything like that they're typically gonna go with people they know they're typically gonna go with people that are a name however all it takes is that one opportunity. All it takes is that one chance to get a small role on a show. Once you do, you work your way up from there. Uh, and I'm also working with people independently. You know, anybody that's got an animated project that needs a voice that wants to do something fun, I'm always down. Um, and so I've had a chance to do that. And and that's been great. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a it's, you work on your dream. It doesn't just happen overnight, right?
0: Yeah, I heard a good podcast actually yesterday, uh, The Honeydew with Ryan Sickler. He's talking to Jamie Kennedy. I don't know if you remember that guy. Yeah. Who's been totally. out of the thing for a long time, but he said it best. He's like, if you're not doing work at, or if you're not spending eight hours at work until um, like whatever, 5 p.m. And then if you're not doing a comedy set at 6, and then if you're not doing a show by 7, and you're not doing a podcast by 9, then you're out of the fucking game. And that's basically what it is. And he talks about like when he got cut, he was in a movie with Brad Pitt and he got cut from the movie no credits or anything and nobody knew that he was involved in it basically and it was because they went with a more name or a more named person and you're thinking like why wouldn't you do that if the person's better and it's all because you need people, they don't, when it comes to voice acting, especially even though you're not even going to know, nobody's going to look up who that guy is unless the name's on the front cover. They're just going to listen to the cartoon or whatever. They still want to be like, well, he's known. He might get us more attention. He'll share it more. It comes from that aspect of things. So I'm like, but if the voice sounds better, you got to look past that. Like if I hear somebody do a dead-on impression or do something dead-on for a voice or something I picture, I'm going to choose that person whether they have credits or not. And I think – it's one of the things about comedy. It's one of the things about acting. It's so damn difficult, like you're saying, every like, you know, dating every day. You're constantly trying out, not hearing back, being left on hold. Oh, we'll give you a call back. It's like you give somebody your number, and then next thing you know, you're waiting for a call back. Like, I can't just call them and ask, did I get it or not? You have to wait yeah. and find out, like, a month later when you see it on the TV, like, damn, well, I guess I didn't get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that happened to me actually. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of all things 80s um it really actually kicked in when my son was born because i started getting into like re- remembering what i loved about the 80s like the toys and the cartoons and because now my son is into it and he got really into he-man and the masters of the universe so at the time i was at an agency where they would bring in um uh, you had to go into audition. You didn't audition from home. Obviously, that's changed <laughs> dramatically in the past three months. But back in the day, you had to always go into audition. And I had this great audition for a He Man um, car commercial. Like they wanted a, the voice of He Man, Skeletor, Man at Arms, the whole deal. And, and they're like, Have you heard of He Man before? And I go, <laughs> Yeah, because I like cosplay and with my son and all that stuff. And so. I go in. The engineer who didn't know me very well, she's like, "Wow, you nailed that!" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I feel so good," you know. And sometimes you might not hear it two months before you get a call back because I—that's happened to me before. You know, you think you, you you let it go, and then suddenly that girl you're super into gives you a call, like, "Oh my god, you want to go out again?" You're like, "Oh okay, yeah, sure." So because uh, that's exactly what happens. And so I thought maybe I'll hear from, you know, the the people on this and get a call back in a couple months. And then I'm watching like the World Series or something and the, the commercial comes on and my wife's like, didn't you audition for that? And I go, yeah, I did. <laughs> so
0: well even when you're talking like doing your podcast with Corey like do you not try and do impressions on there as well I mean you guys are doing movie kind of looking back at films and stuff you would think you'd be doing like a lot of impressions at least trying it out I mean I think for everybody when we decide doing a podcast or you know doing something that involves us recording our voice we decide even when we're on the telephone anybody that's ever used a landline and decided to call anybody you disguised your voice sometimes you know you would call a girl and be like is Jennifer there? And the dad's like, Who the fuck is a 50 year old guy calling my 17 <laughs> year old daughter? And then, totally. like, yeah. So, you know, we all know what that experience is like, but I start to notice it because my parents are involved in radio. So I know what their voice really is compared to the one that they use. And that yes. was one of the things for me when I got onto the microphone was how do I want to do this? Do I want to do it like you're listening to out of the blank podcast? And like, do I want to do it like that? Or did I just want to talk? And I was like, I can't keep that voice up for an hour and a half. I've been on shows where guys can do it, but it's only like a 30 minute thing, but it's so weird trying I'm like, dude, can you, can you talk normal? I feel like I'm talking to the guy from Allstate.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. And that's funny you say that because, um, I love, I love to do this kind of, um, kind of gruff uh, menacing voice there's a one aspect of voice act, voice acting that i love uh is um when i read children's books there's great characters in there and you can really pull out some genuine like personality and a voice i love to do all the time is this really got a deep guttural you know demon or whatever you want it to be but if you do that all day long you're going to trash your voice so uh, there's few video game auditions I've had where they're calling for that back in the day, they bring you in eight hours. You'd be doing that all day long. Now they have these two hour, uh, you know, maximum time limits because, because they recognize that you can't do that all day long and have a healthy career in voice acting. You just, you can't, but what you're saying about being on the, uh, on podcasting after dark. Yeah. It's more for fun. Like if I'm doing, you know, like I said about Hank Azaria, a bad impression might be the meal ticket for you. You know, you might do a voice that you're like, oh, that was terrible. But other people might go, whoa, that was, that was fantastic. And on, so- on top of it too, yeah, you're right. The, the way I talk on the podcast, the way I talk uh, on $2 late fee, you're in show mode, just like you are right now with me. Um, even even though you're like breaking it down and you're just being real which we are there there's still like an energy level that's different right and and it's so amazing how much energy changes your voice yeah uh, when you're just and and it's really interesting
0: i've tried really hard to try and this, I guess, disintegrate or eliminate that energy that, you know, that weird like getting to know each other stage through a podcast, just because I talk to so many people all the time. And it's like to drop that after it usually drops around 30 or 20 minutes in. But I mean, obviously, we're still recorded. It still goes on. But it's really just showing people like I have an insane brain, you know, insane in the membrane, but more like my conversations can go anywhere. And it's just different from depending on how it goes with us. You know what I mean? And I think it's just giving people a perspective like a fly on the wall when it comes to being in the room with something like that and plus i mean we all got stuff we all want to shoot the shit and we all want to talk we just you know about what is really comes down to who you are as a person do you want to just sit there and talk about yourself or do you want to you know talk about aliens you want to talk about something that you don't ever really get a chance to i'm like let's do it
1: yeah totally and and i love that you're doing that i love i love that um you know i've been doing I'm relatively new to the podcast game. I've only been doing it for about a year now, uh, not even a year. And it's such a fun opportunity to meet people and share stories and for the the world to get to know you better. Um, who knows? There could be a dude in Germany right now listening to your podcast going, you know, or whatever, like you're spot on irish impersonation you
0: almost did the german impression dude. i was waiting for that one
1: <laughs> that that might come out later but
0: um but yeah. grandpapa, grandpapa. <laughs> i love that from beer fest dude oh, oh my dude. god
1: that's a hilarious movie was, was that a was that a um that was in the south park guys who did that right no they did base basketball
0: no this was uh broken lizard the guys that did super troopers that's right yeah when he walks in and that's that once grandpapa they stole our recipe i was like (laughs) i dying dude i couldn't handle it those those are classic movies man those ones to me are stuff that I like watching when I was a kid where my grandpa was like, I don't think you should be watching this. I was like, yeah, but I mean, I'm not going to tell mom unless you tell her. And he's like, I'm not fucking telling her.
1: <laughs> How old were you when you saw Beer Fest?
0: Oh, dude, I was probably 14 years old. Oh, that's fine. It's like that's okay fine. age until you're seeing what was going on. Like he's banging that one chick and he was I mean... insanely hammered and it says ass or whatever. It <laughs> says asshole on his head. <laughs> My grandpa just looks at me like, whoa.
1: It will definitely accelerate your puberty. Um, I know that when I was a kid, uh, and I might have mentioned this on, I definitely mentioned it on $2 late fee. I don't know about podcasting after dark. Yeah, I'm sure I have. Um, My mom took me to movies that were way above my maturity level. And, you know, for better or worse, I, I more, I, I tend to look at it on the better side because it makes you who you are today. Like your your sense of humor probably is derived from watching Beer Fest when you're 14 with your grandpa, you know, versus some other kids who were 14 and they're like, nope, it's, it, I know it says PG-13, but you just turned 14. So technically, you know, like shit like that.
0: If somebody dropped that technically bullshit on me, <laughs> I would lose my <laughs> lid, man. I'll never forget when I got caught um, I watched the movie Accepted, I think when it was like first out on like on demand. So it's like spending money like $6.99 on one of these movies. And um, so I bought it and I was like, okay. And the girl said a word on there that I didn't know what it meant. And I think I was like 15. So I started saying it because I thought it sounded fine. And um, I have an older brother. So a lot of my like witty comebacks or whatever i got i would try and use on him first to be like that's new you know what i mean and um the woman said oh or the guy said hey casey how'd college go and she said college is for pussies and then walked away (sighs) so my brother pissed me off and he was talking about school work calling me like an idiot for not doing it or something i was like you know what college is for pussies and i was 15 (laughs) or something and the whole like i mean the whole house went silent and my dad just peeks around the corner yeah dude He's like, what did you just say? And I'm like, pussies. And my dad's like, do you know what that word is? And I'm like, it's a female cat, right? And he goes, yes, it is a female cat.
1: It's <laughs> hilarious. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember saying the word sucks in front of my dad. Oh, Notre Dame sucks or whatever. Because back, being back in Michigan and the two were playing each other. My dad pulled the car over to the side of the road. And he's like, what did you say? And I'm like, uh, I, I said, su-. he's like, don't you ever say that again? I'm like, oh, okay. So for years, decades, I always thought the word sucks was just really terrible. You know, then I, as a teacher, I would hear kids say it. And I'm like, ah, we shouldn't say that. And now I'm like, yeah, whatever Who gives a shit. It's not even a big deal, but it's amazing what shapes you. So pussies Dif- is uh, you know different
0: households, man. I convinced at dude. the age of 15. I convinced my parents to cuss. I remember it was at a dinner table. I was, I was, I think I was in middle school, seventh grade. And I was just sitting there. My brother's straight across from me. My mom's to my right. My dad's to my left. And I'm like, look, all the kids are cussing at school. And I just keep saying mother effer, keep saying all this. I was like, just let me cuss. And I, I obviously there's a word that we don't say. Um, I was like, I'll never say the, I'll never say that word. And they're like, all right, you can cuss as long as you never say that word. And I was like, okay. So then I was just going around, you know, my brother just looked at me like, "Did you just convince our parents to let you curse at people in school?" And I said, "I did." And he goes, "You gotta fucking go into sales or something." Yeah, now. dude. Right? I was <laughs> like, "That was a good one." I didn't pit even pitch it that hard. I was mouthful of mashed potatoes, just like, "Yo, let me tell you something."
1: <laughs> well, you are, you are, you are on the precipice then of becoming something much greater than you may even know. And you'll look back on those days and be like. This all started the day I convinced my parents to start swearing. So,
0: (laughs) I just honestly, if I could just survive off getting a free Slurpee every single day, that'd be enough for me.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm down with that.
0: (laughs) That taquito's on the roller. For some reason, kids with all this vegan and all this other stuff don't know what that is, and that really upsets me. My cousin went 30-something years without having a taquito on the roller from 7-Eleven, and I literally showed him a 7-Eleven taquito. He's like, I don't think it tastes good. I bought one, gave it to him. He loved it. Now, a year later, I just hung out with him probably like a month ago. And first thing, we go into 7-Eleven. He's getting a taquito off the roller. I'm like, I got you hooked, dude. I got you <laughs> hooked. He's like, they're good, man. I,
1: I've i never had a taquito on a roller, but I'm a little bit older than you are. <laughs> so I uh, Chalupa was my jam back in the day. And uh, the late night Taco Bell run and getting that. Big ass chalupa was just the that was the thing that got me.
0: What's a chalupa?
1: (laughs) It's like a it's like a heavier taco. Uh, It's like a soft taco wrapped around a hard taco, and then and then um, and they would put this like at the time it was a big deal because it it was like that uh, Chipotle ranch sauce had just come out, and they put that on top. And then I think they made a deep fried one, which was basically like a heavier tortilla.
0: The healthy option,
1: yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean that that shit. Back when I didn't have to worry about my metabolism and uh, <laughs> my cholesterol.
0: Dude, I know, was, man. I used know? to I used to kill a bag of Doritos in one sitting, <laughs> and then once I started eating clean and going to the gym and stuff, yeah. It, I if I even look at a Dorito now, I'll vomit. I ate so much of them. When I started working out, I was sweating nothing but spicy nacho Dorito. Ooh. And I felt Ooh. so bad. Like, I can't even walk down the chip aisle anymore. But this brings up a good thing. When we're saying introducing or you get introduced to something and it completely changes your life. Like, showing somebody either a new food or showing somebody a movie. Have you ever showed anybody a movie that has, like, they've never seen it before and has completely blown their mind? Oh,
1: yeah, dude. Like. um my all-time favorite movie is The Warriors. I will, and and my my whole take on my favorite versus someone else's favorite—you dig what you love, like it, whatever it whatever makes you happy, makes you happy. I love that meme or that GIF of um, the dude from Big Lebowski where he's like, "That's just like your opinion, man." When people that's are like, my, oh, "That movie sucks," you know. The,
0: that's my answer to that question. Was The Big Lebowski for me?
1: Yeah. Okay, dude. Yeah. Okay. So. So when people are like, "Well, what's the Warriors about?" and then I'll show them the trailer, and they're like, "Oh, that looks silly." And like, just just watch it. Just watch it. And if you're not into it, that's fine. But that movie has changed or blown some people's minds. Um, you know, I I when I first started teaching, kids that are like were five at the time are now in their twenties. And I'm still friends with them or they're coming back to me. They're finding me on Instagram where they listen to the podcast and they're like, Oh, Mr. Schaefer. I love that movie. You know? And there's this one kid, this kid, Simon, who uh, he listened to, uh, he watched the warriors. He's like, that movie changed my life. Um, Which I I'm always happy to hear big Lebowski. That's an interesting movie because that the year that came out, it came out either the same year or after boogie nights. And I went through this weird phase, Boogie Nights is another movie that changed my life, Um, where at first I was like, okay, I I had to watch it with the right audience. And then once I watched it with the right audience, I was like, this is a masterpiece. Big Lebowski is a masterpiece.
0: I um, saw it um after I think I heard of so many recommendations just from like other movies referencing it or something. And I was yeah. like, what is this movie they keep talking about? And then I, I saw it and then like I'll ask my parents, did you ever see the Big Lebowski? I don't know what that is. And I'm like, what? Like this is all co- like cult movie. It started a religion. And I think that came totally. from the movie Accepted, uh, the movie where I said pussies was yeah. because um, they talk about us uh, inspiring a religion and then that's what maybe look up religions and then i ended up finding the parody religions and that was dudism where i got my ordained minister's license i went for that one uh no uh, yeah (laughs) really i got three of them all right i have four certificates total three are under the church of the Latter saint dude uh one is the united church of bacon where i have my ordained minister's license and i went to my maryland courthouse and paid to get that legalized so i can technically marry you That was a whole fiasco that the woman was like, I can't believe I'm about to accept this. And I'm like, yeah, it took me an hour and a half. I had to pull up every rule book and every guideline to make sure I could get it done. Um, Then I have one from the Order of the Jedi Knight, which is uh, the Order of the Jedi, whatever those cult people. They never sent me a certificate, so I don't even count that one. And then Pastafarianism, they just didn't want me. I was like, you guys suck. (laughs) They're like, you don't seem committed. I was like, I'm wearing, I almost got arrested at my Maryland Department uh, for vehicle transportation for wearing a pasta strainer on my head for my license photo because that's what the religion allows. And they told me I'm not into it. I'm like, what? What do you mean I'm not wow. committed? I just almost got arrested for you.
1: I, I'd say you might be the most committed to it for trying to do that. I'm
0: committed on dumb shit. <laughs> I love it, dude. <laughs> when it, when it came to my college degree, I have that in a drawer somewhere, but my certificates are yeah. hanging on my wall because that means more to me than anything. Because if somebody holds their hands in a park, I'm fucking marrying you. Like, <laughs> it's, I'm just running off. <laughs> just running off.
1: Some might say we need more of that right now. More of that that, uh, you know, you see people holding hands, call them out on that shit be like, yeah, okay. You're committed for life. I'm I'm marrying your ass. <laughs> I'm
0: okay with like, I know this was a big thing like a few years ago. I know in our school, like when I was in high school, it was like public affection was a big problem. Like you couldn't, you know, make out with your uh, girlfriend, couldn't make out with your boyfriend, couldn't do anything. Couldn't really, I mean, holding hands was as far as you could go. But I was like, I get it why they were cracking down so hard. Cause basically people are just dry humping in the middle of the hallway before class. But I'm like, how else are you going to relieve tension before math? Like shit. Like, I oh,
1: mean,
0: yeah, it's it's tough. I, I'm about to learn about calculus and shit. I want to know about calculating that ass, you know, like uh, <laughs> tossing that that's a good one.
1: <laughs> well, they you know, they uh what was it? Ben Stiller and something about Mary, and they're like his buddy's like you gotta rub one out before you go out on a date. It's just what you gotta do. And he's like, Really? He's like, Yeah, you gotta do that hair gel scene. So
0: oh, that freaking iconic part. Oh, yeah, if you got something grab something <laughs> off. His, once she did that, I was like, is it really like that? Like I had see this when we talk about exposing kids to movies too early, there's murder movies that give them nightmares and there's sex movies and things that they don't understand. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, and it's interesting that I was exposed to so much, having an older brother, I was exposed to so much more like violent, uh, horrific, intense, shocking movies, not necessarily um, you know, sex or anything like that. I think the first movie I saw, it was with my mom. And I saw Romancing the Stone and I'm like, there was a a love scene, quote unquote, because it was very tame and gentle. And I'm like, I felt weird about that, obviously, because I was with my mom. But, um, but, you know, growing up being like six years old and watching horror films and having night terrors because of that and being traumatized at such a young age, um it didn't scar me. And I feel like in many ways it actually emboldened my creativity, like made it more kind of just diverse. Um, and then it definitely made my play with my action figures a lot more intense because people were not just getting thrown in jail, they were <laughs> they were dying. Uh but
0: snapped his friggin' net. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would recreate Predator with my G.I. Joe's, and my mom's like, What are you doing? Like, they're dead. They're
0: dead. <laughs> they're not coming back. There's no afterlife in this no. scenario. Have you ever had a movie that, I guess, would say, exposed you to, or maybe was uncomfortable that you watched with like a family member, uh, like you know, like you're sitting there watching, you're like, oh, that that this is uncomfortable for all of us here.
1: Well, yeah, I it kind of fairly recently, uh, maybe about ten years ago, my dad came out to visit, and my dad and I, uh, my dad, from the from the sucks comment earlier, you understand that he's pretty uh conservative guy and and uh, he and i very different um he came out to visit and and the show louis was on fx it had just come out louis ck's comedy uh which i think the first two seasons are gold but um there was a there was an episode where louis having sex with this girl and then he has to go out and get condoms and i'm watching it with my dad the first episode was very tame. Just straight up, you know, nothing too off the wall. And this episode was bonkers because my my dad's like, oh, let's watch another one. And in the whole room just was like silent. And I was so
0: uncomfortable. You feel that <laughs> air gets sucked out of the room. Yeah,
1: totally, totally. <laughs> it's like, what is going on right now? My mom is so weird. My mom, I would watch movies like Hellraiser with my mom. Child's Play with my mom. Like super violent, intense films and... I wouldn't give two shits with my dad i was like you know uh, late night comedy on fx and i'm checking my watch to see how much time is left on the show you know um uh, yeah that 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 was uncomfortable but you know the thing is like it's so funny how sex is like such more of a taboo than violence you know and which is really should be the other way around, in my opinion. Yeah, know, isn't especially... it like
0: you can watch people kiss but and like make out and basically almost have sex, but then if you chop somebody's head off, it's a rated R?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: It's yeah. something really twisted like that, and I never understood that until um, – I mean, I've had a few of those scenarios. I think what makes me funny is the fact that I might be completely ignorant to a lot of the things – or at least a lot of my stories come from like an ignorant state of mind or not thinking all the way through, even though I'm pretty critical on a lot of my thinking. It's just when I was a kid, I was an idiot. Um, I, (laughs) I went to my grandparents, like uh, which my grandmoms in Baltimore. Um, And at the time I didn't know, I didn't find out until I was 20, which I'm making a comedy bit. I'm trying to throw this in there, but I figured out at the age of 20, my grandma was a lesbian. Nobody told me. Uh, So I always thought it was her roommates that were, uh, you know, over there so I, I missed all the warning signs because you don't even think to ask and uh, I remember picking up a blockbuster movie uh, this was where, when they were still a thing and I grabbed this movie and I forgot what the name of it was, but it was rated R. It had a few good actors in it. I was like, I really want to get this. Um, I think Bruce Willis or somebody was in it. But I was like, I want to get this. It's like a scary movie, but it's also really, really fun. And it's supposed to be really, really good. She's like, okay, sure. So she buys it and we're all watching it. And I'm sitting on the couch. My grandmom sitting on the couch to my left. And her, um, I guess, lover would be, which I thought was roommate at the time, on the right. And so we're sitting there watching this movie and a lesbian sex scene pops up. And I just paused it. And I mean, it went for a good couple minutes. Like, you just heard the open mouth, like like that sound, so it was really uncomfortable. I just just looked over, I was probably 12. I just looked over, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I went in my guest room and I just, I sat there and I just was, I was so upset, I was staring at the wall. Little did I know, now that I think about it, they were probably getting turned on by that, but I've had so many freaking (laughs) moments in my life. Like I'm at the movie theaters with my grandparents, my my brother's grandparents, were half siblings. And it's my grandma and my grandpa. My grandma wanted to see Date Night with Steve Carell. I saw the movie Death at a Funeral right beside it. I said, can we go see Death at a Funeral? Now, if you've seen Death at a Funeral, it's a black comedy, but it makes a lot of white jokes. I mean, a lot. So I went in there and we're all sitting down, we're watching it. I was so uncomfortable. Like, oh my God, like my grandparents are not going to enjoy this. Like this is this is humor that's kind of like I I, I don't know I don't even know what to think and we're sitting there listening to it and my grandma just starts snorting laughing when freaking Donald Glover or uh Danny what is Danny Glover he's sitting on top of the roof naked high as shit he's like I'm high as fucking shit and he's like slamming it like I thought that was that was scary to me but my grandma was laughing so hard my grandpa was like that's a great film that's a great film i was like oh my god thank god i wanted to die
1: man your grandparents uh sound like people to party with for sure so
0: you don't find this out until you're older like i thought for so long my grandpa was this stern like you're gonna sit there all night and eat the rest of your vegetables yeah then like as i get older he's like He's like he's like uh you feel like ordering pizza? I'm like what 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 pizza are we ordering? He's like Little Caesars. I'm like that's shit pizza. He's like your shit pizza. I'm like whoa. I love,
1: love Little Caesars.
0: Love you <laughs> really?
1: Well, no, I growing up in Michigan, that was Little Caesars is from Detroit. It's based in Detroit and that's all we ever got because that's what like that's what you get, right? And I hadn't had Pizza Hut or Domino's or anything like that. This is This is like in the eighties though. Um, but dude, like, it's funny. You make, you say that thing about, you can't leave the table to eat all your food. It's almost like in the first stages when you're, when you're a kid, young teenager, it's all about setting the framework. And then once you turn 16, 17, 18, it's not that they don't give a shit anymore. But it's almost like your parents the grandparents are like, well, we don't have to, you're on your own. you're you're on your own now. So whatever mistakes you make is on you. And back in the day, it's like, well, whatever you do wrong, it's on us. So maybe that's why they're cooler now. I don't know.
0: I mean, it's definitely you know? changed. I mean, I went over there, I think uh, like a month ago or two months ago or something, and we're not supposed to have like uh, chocolate milk or any soda or anything out in the living room for so long when i was a kid and i went over there and i just see my grandpa chilling with the chocolate milk and on his like relaxing lounge chair watching some john wayne movies and i'm like what are you (laughs) doing dude at the table man at the table he goes robbie i'm 72 fucking years old if i want chocolate milk while i watch john wayne i'm drinking chocolate milk while i watch john wayne i'm like (laughs) that's hilarious I feel like I, that should be a quote somewhere like that should be written in stone and put on a plaque because that's Dude, some crazy words of wisdom.
1: Put it on a t-shirt, put it on a t-shirt. Well, I will tell you this. Um, my grandfather who uh, he was kind of hardened like that too back. That's all I knew of him. Cause when, when he passed away, he hadn't really changed all that much, but um, he had a, uh, someone gave him a bumper sticker that he put on a piece of wood and shellacked it and put it on his wall in his kitchen. And it said, if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. And so I, and, and, and that, those words were what got me many jobs, uh, back in the day because they, the interviewer would be like, okay, well, do you have anything else you want to say? And I'd say, yeah, well, you know. Like My grandpa always used to leave me with this quote and, they, and nine times out of 10 people would laugh and they're like, oh, you're great. And they end up getting the job. So I'm just saying, you know, that chocolate milk quote might get you farther in life than you think it might.
0: I've had a few people on my Twitter just comment like something I've said in an episode where I'm like, when did I say that? And they're like, this was the best quote of your episode. I was like, I don't, I, I, I just honestly just start going and hopefully it sounds correct. And it just, the words fumble together and make, make sense. I mean, I've gotten a lot of great things from my uh, grandparents and from my parents. I think the main thing was like, that bonding experience you get when you're watching a movie when you're watching a film or something, just being in the same room, it doesn't even matter if you guys aren't super into the movie, but that whole wholesome family experience, I think like with everything that happened with the pandemic and all that, it's like more people got to see that a little bit more and see the importance of that because I feel like for so long we were losing it. I think uh, jobs just consumed us and we were just like, I can't even, you know, watch Netflix with my family. It's all about going to separate rooms and eat at separate times.
1: Yeah, no, I think you. you that's a really, really good point. Um, even if the movies, like you said, like even if the movies aren't that great, it's it's the time you'll never forget. And because I have, I, yeah, many of my recollections of my my grandparents um, were sitting on the couch watching movies, right? And and looking back, some of the movies. Sucked. Some of them weren't that great. Some of them were great. But now, yeah, being on the couch, like I said, my son is super into the 80s stuff. So we watched Transformers, the movie the other day for like the fifth or sixth time with the animated one from the 80s, which by and far is pretty much the best Transformers movie oh, yeah. possibly besides Bumblebee. Um, yeah, right. So he's never going to forget that. And I think, yeah. He, I remember when I was a teenager being in a separate room than my folks, my mom and my stepdad, because they had their show they wanted to watch. I had my show I wanted to watch. Um, and then there
0: was no compromise. Show.
1: show. You know, they were, they're like, we're going to watch the X-Files. I'm like, no, oh, I want to watch.
0: I don't even know what I wanted to watch. Blow before. drying your hair over there, Zach. I see. <laughs> we don't even own a hair dryer. Oh,
1: right. <laughs> Can where would the TV guide go with uh, Dolly Parton on the cover? What happened?
0: Dude, my brother had a Jessica Simpson's poster in his room. I stole that many a times. I will she admit did. that on this podcast, if he hears it, <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: Well, I had I had a breakthrough moment recently. Um, there's an '80s movie called Just One of the Guys, and it, it's uh, it's just a fun teen comedy movie. But the brother in that movie has. Playboy centerfolds all over his walls, ceiling. Every every space of wall is covered with Playboy centerfolds. This is a PG-13 movie, and there is more nudity in this movie than, I, than many other R-rated 80s films of that time. My brother had his walls covered the exact same way, and I went, oh, my God, I think Eric... Did that because of the movie he saw. And so I go in his room. I was like nine or 10. I'm like, oh, I want to go play with my GI Joes. Then I hit like 11 or 12. I was like, I just want to hang out in his room now. <laughs> you know? I, just
0: to, I just want to be here all day.
1: What's, what's going on? This is a new religion, man. So, uh, Going back to what you were saying earlier about uh, all your different certificates. Isn't it a trip that you have this college diploma that everybody puts emphasis on, right?
0: Doesn't mean shit.
1: No, I, it doesn't I,
0: I have people when I get a guest and they have a doctor degree, a PhD, they send me all their PhD stuff. I said that does not, it's a piece of paper to me. That that does not determine how good of a conversation I'm going to have with you with your PhDs. Honestly, the worst I've had have been with people with PhDs because all they can do is talk statistics or talk facts and not talk real conversation. My degree it doesn't mean anything to me. It was a waste of my time. I just did it for a family thing. Like, you know what? I'll be the first person to go to college. Let's get it done. Um, Put in the work for it. But honestly, the funner ones I've had is spending all that time at the Maryland courthouse trying to convince this woman in front of me. Like, there's no freaking way I'm going to let you get an ordained minister's license under a church I've never heard of. But I pulled a deep (laughs) meaning out of my ass. I was like, the Church of Bacon is for atheists. It's a safeguard. It's supposed to be all these people that are Christian. At the time, this was like this. Um, Now we're seeing with all millennials, no religions, the new religion, basically. But um, at the time, like Christianity, Catholics, all that was so popular. And I was just like, this gives a place for people that don't know what to believe in, a safe haven, so they don't get made fun of. You just say you're under the United Church of Bacon. It's about finding deep meaning into life. And she just looks at me. She's like, I can't believe I'm going to stamp this shit. And I was (laughs) like, yes, yes. Yeah, dude. It's an accomplishment, man. But I'm like, it's it's like hacking life dude you got to find those moments man and but i i want to comment on the poster thing you mentioned i remember my grandma she uh, let us decorate our rooms that had her house so you know you style it up how you want it your own my brother had daisy duke posters everywhere and you know <laughs> surfer and skater stuff everywhere and, and she was yeah. like what do you want and i was like dragons and she was like you yeah. want dragons and I was like, yeah, 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 she's like, you don't want any bikini girls. And we're like looking at the things in Walmart. Like you see the sports illustrated one. And I'm like, no dragons, just dragons. I just went dragons. <laughs> as I get That's them up awesome. on the walls. I'm just looking. I'm like, what the fuck did I say? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it was that whole, like, I can't believe I just did that.
1: I don't know, man. You know, like, look, it, it, it- it seems to be some of the, the the major game changers in this world are the are the creative minds or maybe the the ones back in the day who had the dragons on their wall the ones who you know uh, were reading all sorts of fantasy shit and who knows I I think maybe they benefited you you know my 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 boy who's five is super into D and uh and and greek mythology and shit like that that's my favorite
0: greek mythology man
1: i'm telling i've told him from you know and he's still a little young to understand it but i said i said you you'll you'll learn that every uh book movie story comes from greek mythology all of it does it all comes back to that that's like the baseline this is controversial but like the bible lifted passages of greek mythology you know so here you are with this this these great stories of like good versus evil and 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 his brain is just exploding with like ideas and someone made a joke they're like you know always oh, your kid gonna be the one with the the 12-sided die in his bag and and uh you know D parties at his house every night or whatever
0: I, said, I got my Yu-Gi-Oh cards in my backpack
1: shit hey man like look i said that's a hell of a lot better than him going out and you know huff and paint or whatever the hell you know and, and just being uh, i'd rather have him do something that is creatively sparking him than mindlessly you know whatever like uh, look I, I i think that's more important to me so dragons fucking rule dude i'm I, down
0: I, I think we need more people like that because i saw a video of these people that were about to record a fight on a new york subway and, like, you know, it was getting pretty tense. You know, everyone's pulling out their phones. Like, oh, shit, here's about to go down. And they go, you want to go? And they push each other. And then right when they push each other, they both pull out Beyblades out of their backpacks and start battling in the middle of the subway. And all these people, adults and people of that generation, just stood and laughed and clapped and were, like, all getting into it. Like, whoa. Like, and I think more of that is needed in this world than a lot of the stuff where we already know where it's going to go. Oh, they're going he's going to hit him with a chair. I saw a girl in – 11th grade called sharkisha look her up on youtube she gets hit with a fucking wait is it a shovel I think so it's like sharkisha don't hit her and my teacher's just like oh my god this is on youtube i'm like yeah there's a thing called bum fights they just pick up bums and have them fight each other and he goes how is this funny it's like it's like AV. just like watching people get hurt but i'm like could we do that in a different way where we can just laugh at just being like you know sometimes just idiocy in life. I mean, a lot of movies capture that in like a comedy movie.
1: Yeah, for real, dude. Like I, I, I'm all about, you know, idiots doing stuff to themselves and, and laughing my ass off over that. Um, But, but the, but the violence laughing at people knocking the shit out of each other just is not entertaining to me either. Uh, I think the more empathy and the more um, you know, moments that we can share where we're like well no one's get, you know no one's hurting anybody and we're looking out for each other after those dudes you know blew their balls up with a rocket everyone checked to make sure they were okay There's a little bit of empathy and sympathy in there uh but yeah like i think we do need more of that in life and i think it's uh there's there's much better humor than seeing some dude getting hurt and you know by somebody else and not even asking for it you know
0: i'm about to play a game with you and here's how the game's gonna go and i just thought of it so if we fail at it that's okay we're gonna one of us is gonna quote a movie line another person has to say it then quote another movie line then i have to guess it so it's like back and forth guess guess
1: Oh man, this is this is gonna be hard because your your scope is
0: my scope (laughs) is like a little bit of '90s to the 2000s to everything. We could do. Do you want to stick to newer ones? Do you want to stick to like movies, maybe like the past ten years, rather than go down into like the oldies? Because if you start pulling out '80s shit, I'm gone.
1: (laughs) This game is gonna end miserably because that's like that's that's the that's my base, dude. Like, uh, you know, Corey will throw out a line from mad max uh, fury road and i'll be like
0: i saw it once i mean i liked it i'll pull one out of your ballpark all right that's a good that's a good uh limit here i'll try and find some that you're definitely gonna know and you just gotta guess things you think i would know so yeah. any newer ones obviously you would probably hit close with me for me i'm gonna do i'll start off i'll go Yippie Kaye. yay
1: oh it's diehard
0: okay yeah Balls um, in your court there's okay how
1: about how about this one the shitters full
0: no freaking way you're stomping me on the first question shitters full i remember that movie but i don't know what the name is oh man play the what is it that jingle it's
1: it's it's in the same vein as the last one you gave me shitters full same season same season
0: which actor is in it
1: uh well randy quaid said that one but chevy chase
0: oh vacation
1: yeah the christmas vacation
0: christmas vacation yeah (laughs) shitter's full oh my god i can't believe i forgot that one all right how about let's see i want to stick in your ball (laughs) i'm trying to think of movies i guess i would probably quote the easiest one that should be uh uh what is it uh Oh man, I don't want to say, cause then you're easily going to guess it. It's freaking um, uh, over the
1: line. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, uh, big Lebowski. Yeah. Right.
0: Over the line market zero.
1: <laughs> okay. I got uh, one more. I'll go, uh, um, <laughs> uh, if it, If you want to see it, it's five. If you want me to jerk off, it's (laughs) ten.
0: That's beer fest.
1: No, that's boogie nights.
0: (laughs) That's boogie nights. You know he says that same line in beer fest, right? Oh, he does. Where he's giving the hand jobs under the bridge. (laughs) Remember that, dude? They go to pick up Barry, and they go and they drive into this crooked neighborhood, and I remember because the guy, it's Super Troopers, obviously more iconic, but um, yeah, dude, Fink's in the back goes. where are we? Where are we? And they look over and it's bare. And he goes, "No, my car, fuck off. And he walks up to the car and he goes, all right, guys, it's a $5 for a hand job, $2 for a blow job, $3. For... And he starts naming off all these prices. He goes, and then if it's going to be your finger in my ass, and he just starts going like naming all these prices. And he goes, I only, have 50, oh I only have 50 cents. And the dude's in the back, like shouting that out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I need to watch that again. Oh my God. Goodness. What was the one they did? What was the one they did that was on the Island? It was like a horror film um and um oh shit it's same guys same in the lizard uh broken dudes. lizard yeah broken lizard it's a slasher movie on an island uh i haven't seen it in forever but it's really entertaining
0: Highly i don't know if i've it. seen that one but i i know at the ending of beer fest they hinted at a movie called pot fest and now okay. dog is actually trying to get that one actually made
1: Oh, nice. Well, we need more of that in, in this world, so... <laughs> I
0: mean, we all always can go with a good stoner comedy. That's a safe one, but what type yeah. of genre do you typically prefer?
1: It's a great question. Um, depends on my... Damn, dude. Like, for, for the longest time, I would have said horror, but uh, I really think the action... Uh, Action sports genre is my favorite sports movies that like dramatics, I guess like the sub genre, I guess, if you will, Um, you know, movies like karate kid and Rocky four anthem. I call them anthem movies because there's always a song in those movies that gets you pumped up, gets you, you know, like you get a little choked up tear teary eyed at the end. And then you're cheering by you know, the last frame. Those are the movies I love now. Uh, prior to having a kid it was all about slasher gore not slasher but more like um, john carpenter prince of darkness uh, like fantasy horror i guess that's my
0: i rarely like watching a serious movie unless it's like a horror film but i I prefer more in the lines of like comedies but not like the super stoner ones but like stepbrothers like
1: yeah dude that's great
0: that type of movie is like my good type of comedy, but like if you start going into the realm and it's like, <laughs> blaze it four twenty, bro. I'm like, get. I'm not on Instagram. I'm tired of running into all these people. Four twenty, blaze it, chick. Seven thousand on Instagram. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Now what's your real name? Oh, my name is Hippie Harley twenty two. It's like that's not your God given name. Your parents did not name you that at all. Like, how do you know? My name is Astral. It's like. Well, now we're just playing make-believe. That's more make-believe than the church of bacon that I've been ordained under.
1: (laughs) I think you got yourself a movie there.
0: That's what I'm saying. Let's just, let's create it. Let's get Corey together. We can create a movie. Well, I think I've wasted enough of your time, Zach. I am going to ask that please promote your uh, pages, both podcasts. Um, $2 late fee we didn't really talk about. Um, If you want to give a quick rundown for the audience on that one and where to find it at. Yeah.
1: Cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, first of all, you didn't waste my time. Second of all, I had a great time. So thanks for having me on the show. Um, yes, you can find me at Podcasting After Dark. That is the movie breakdown show that Corey Stevenson and I do. It's a lot of fun. And then $2 Late Fee is with my co-host Dustin Rubin and I. We're both voice actors. Uh, we we reminisce about our favorite moments. We We take a movie and then a song from that movie. And then the year that the movie came out and we talk about what happened that year as well. And we have great actors and uh, performers on that. We've had Eric Roberts, who, if you don't know who he is, you'll recognize his face right away. He's been in over 500 movies, which is insane. Um, There's a great uh, music composer named Vince DiCola, which many people wouldn't recognize right away from this generation, but if you look up Transformers, the movie, he did all the music for that. Uh, Rocky Four, he did all the music for that, like iconic shit. And he told some crazy stories, some really great stories. So we get some really cool guests on the show. Um, th- it, and you mentioned Die Hard. Later this month, we're going to be interviewing, there's a character in Die Hard named Ellis, who's like the sleazeball guy. Uh, he's like he works he's 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 a sleazeball side character um who you know he's like hans bubby i'm your white knight that's one of his famous lines from the movie anyways that guy has been in a shit ton of movies besides die hard and we're interviewing him next month and he's his name's hart Bachner. if you look him up he did a movie called pcu if you love comedies uh it's a great 90s comedy it's it was considered the animal house of the 90s it's hilarious. John Favreau, before he directed Iron Man, before he was in the movie Swingers or Rudy, um, he's in that, and, and Snoop Dogg is a big fan. So there you go. Um, anyways, that's $2 Late Fee. Both of them you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, um, $2 Late Fee Podcast and Podcasting After Dark. Thanks for letting me plug.
0: <laughs> now you get to end it. With an impression, you get to choose. You can either do an impression of a person or do one of your voices.
1: All right. Um, Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you this. This is a fun little fun fact. So uh, Disney was casting Crush from Finding Nemo and for their, for Disneyland. And I auditioned with probably 50, 60 other people, booked the audition. Then I realized the... which I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to be the next voice of Crush. And they said, well, you're going to be Crush for one time once a week uh, for 15 minutes a day. And then other people will be doing Crush as well. And I said, well, what am I? Okay, so I'll just be doing the 15 minute show and then that's it. They're like, no, you're going to be an employee. You're going to be a cast member of Disneyland. I said, so I'm going to be like operating rides and stuff. They're like, well, you'll be assisting. And I thought, okay, well, I don't need that. So I ended up not taking it. I said, I'm sorry, I'm a voice actor. However, Crush was the voice that I nailed. So um, I'll give you a little bit of Crush. Cha. hey, little dude. It's time to go do some toga. You know, turtle yoga. Cha.
0: I love that. Now you have to make me toss out a Disney fact. Did you know nobody ever dies in Disneyland? (laughs) That's a great fact. No, I'm dead serious though. What they do is if you die in the park- they yeah. don't pronounce you dead. They take you outside and pronounce you dead. That's technically how they. Nobody dies in Disneyland or Disney World.
1: That's a horrible fun fact.
0: I freaking swear to you, it's true. Disneyland I b- I is you. some weird shit. And I'm yeah. getting somebody who works there on soon. So everybody, stay tuned. Hopefully she doesn't hear this, but huh, I'm, i I need. I have so many questions.
1: Yeah, I have bittersweet feelings about that because Turtle, ah, uh, getting crush. And not getting to do it kind of crushed me for a minute, but it's all good.
0: Hey, if you get your oh. head taken off in the park, at least you didn't die at. This yeah, no thanks. <laughs>